We are trailblazers. We are scientists. We are diplomats. We are warriors. We are protectors. We are healers. We are pioneers. We are explorers. We are family. And we are the crew of the USS Arabella, boldly going where no one has gone before. Hello and welcome to The Ready Room, the Treks and Sci-Fi Microcast. I'm Kenny, co-moderator of the forums, and I play Captain Nathan Quinn, half Elorian, half Betazoid. And I'm Jen, co-moderator of the forums, and I play Commander Savril, the Vulcan, Chief Science Officer and First Officer of the USS Arabella. Today's show will feature RPG Protocol, the story so far, a guest reading, and our final thoughts. RPG Protocol For today's RPG Protocol, we have several things we want to discuss. Um, first, we want to discuss uh, how many posts per character, just a reminder. Yes, we have one post per character per day, and that's just like we said last week. It's an experiment to see how it goes and, and see um, if it helps people in progressing the story. So yeah. if, you have, um, a, if you have two main characters, you could write one post for each character. And if you have an NPC you wanted to highlight, you could write one post for that NPC, but you could only write one post for your main character. So, just as a reminder. That's right. We also want to remind people to keep up with the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been a lot of writing going on, a lot of great posts, and actually some really long posts. And I know it can get daunting to, you know, you miss a two days worth of RPG posts. Next thing you know, you have two pages you have to read. Um, but yeah, we're just really want to remind people to try to you know read as much as you can every day just to keep up with it because a lot of stuff is happening and make sure you keep the continuity pretty good Um, look for details that other people left in their posts that you you need to uh, continue through yours don't don't deviate if you can help it yeah it just makes the story flow better so Mm -hmm. all right cool and the third thing we wanted to talk about were npc characters uh, some of you guys are coming up with some great NPC characters, but you got to remember, if you're going to create a character that's going to be shown up more than once, you need to create an NPC profile, and we'd really appreciate if you would send that profile to us first for approval. Just because Jen and I are pretty good at keeping track of all the characters that we have in the, sh- in the, in the story, and we want to make sure no one's duplicated or there's similar ideas um, before you guys start using that character. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anything to add to that? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Short and sweet. There you go. Accessing library computer data. Initiating the story so far. Enter when ready. So the story so far. Things have picked up since last week during the ready room, and people are starting to get into the story more, and mm-hmm. it's um it's really getting fun, and there's a lot of activity going on in the holodeck, and and even outside of the holodeck. There are things going on on the ship. Um, for one, Omra, um, I love his post that he did. He has a uh, roommate for Shin, who's his main character, one of his main characters. Um, and his roommate, or her roommate, is a spider-like alien who suspends herself from the ceiling. 
I just love that. It's a very, very interesting character. And um, she, uh, she's, I think he said she was a, an engineer. So mm. um, very interesting character and um, interesting scene. If you guys have a chance to go read that, um, it's, I think, on page, probably page three, I think. And just look for Omer's post on page three. Very entertaining. And uh, read the rest of it, too, but <laughs> just, a, just uh, kudos to Omra for that post. I enjoyed it. And then what else happened? Um, Took is still work. He's running engineering right now while Kararth is in um, the holodeck. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's see. Ryla's heading up the sick bay while Peterson mm-hmm. is in the training uh, session on the holodeck. And she's doing mm-hmm. physical exams. So... If you are outside of the training session in the holodeck, come by and see Ryla so she can run a tricorder over you, shake your hand, say how you doing, you know, invite you for a latte. <laughs> <laughs> in our first season that that we had in this RPG, um, we made that part of the, I guess, the procedure is that yeah. on, you know, a maiden voyage, everyone goes to the sick bay for a physical. That's just what, you know, happens. So we're just yeah. kind of carrying it through. Uh, Mayella who is Peterson's wife, is also in sickbay. She's also a doctor, and she will be helping Ryla carry out these these exams. So just kind of come in and say hi and make sure that you get that done so that, mm-hmm. you know, we can keep the story going outside of the holodeck because there's, yeah. you know, almost nothing for you guys to do right now other than pretend that you're fixing things or flying <laughs> the ship. We're, we're um, running the ship, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and speaking of running the ship, that's... Um, just X character, Lieutenant Commander Arik James. He's the um, second officer, and he is now in charge of the ship while the captain and the um, first officer are also on the holodeck in the training session. So, um, yeah. he, I think, was going to be having some, like, um, briefings and meetings and stuff with, with the people that he will be commanding while the mission is going on. So, I think that's upcoming, but I'm not sure. Um, mm. So, Anyway, okay. that's what's going on um, outside the ship, or outside the holodeck. And on the holodeck, I said that the activity was picking up. Let's see. Savril has taken the Knights of the Round Table, who are made up of holographic knights and our crew members, as well as Dr. Peterson and in Stitches, who's playing um, uh, Spring Mackie Farmer. She's playing uh, the role of Savril's squire because Savril is wearing armor. Ensign Farmer talked her into wearing the armor because Guinevere would be in the field and as a recognizable recognizable figure, she would need to be covered and protected and um, unrecognizable, you know, disguised, mm-hmm. if you will. So mm-hmm. that's why she decided to wear the armor and stuff. And So they're um, all headed to Merlin, who... Um, they were told would be able to point them in the direction of where they could find Captain Quinn, who's playing the role of King Arthur. Mm -hmm. And so they're on their way there. They were warned that there would be highwaymen on the way. And sure enough, what happens? They're attacked. And um, it starts off, Savril was um, riding ahead of everyone, and uh, someone swung, swung from the trees and hit her knocked her off of her horse into the snow and chaos ensued and everybody's (laughs) swarmed around her to protect her because of course she's the air is knocked out of her she lost her sword in the snow it's snowing of course i think i mentioned that but um 
so there's lots of good old-fashioned sword fighting and um, uh, butt kicking. <laughs> and uh, uh, now that's all taken care of. They're on their way again um, to Merlin's castle or wherever it is he is. Um, his hideout in the forest. So they even lost their horses. But mm-hmm. we'll read that post because there were four people who participated in that post and it was pretty fun. So Yeah, so we're going to read that one right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to read a joint post by Brian C.D., Wraith1701, Hawkeye Meds, and myself. Ensign Farmer felt around at the snow as Catan, DeCollin, and Peterson defended the immediate area. Savril's eyes shot about, taking in the scene that surrounded her. Her claymore was lost in the snowdrift, leaving her somewhat defenseless. Her gaze fell on the young Fertilian, who acted as her squire. Forget the sword, shouted Savril. The science officer glanced up at the commander. The intensity of her eyes verified the gravity of her order. As Spring ran back to the circle of battling officers, she watched a highwayman break their defenses and rush Savril. The Vulcan saw him coming and ducked. As the man advanced past her, Joseph de Collin tripped the bandit, causing him to stumble headfirst into the snow. The assailant rolled onto his side and sat up, only to be struck by Spring with a large stick that she had mistaken for the claymore. "'Good work!' shouted the commander over the chaos. The fighting continued, and Zephril did her best to contribute to the battle by utilizing her skills in Sussman, a discipline developed by her people. The suit she wore was limiting, but she managed to employ the nerve pinch whenever possible. As Catan watched the commander, the doctor, and the new ensign bravely face down their foes, he felt his heart swell with pride. He was honored to call these people his crewmates. Their courage rivaled that of more than a few Klingons he had known during his youth. But despite the warrior's spirit, he knew that they would not be opposed to DeCollin, Dunn, and himself taking a more active role in their defenses. After all, the three of them were true experts in the physical arts. Catan waded into his foes, his battle staff sweeping back and forth like a reaper's scythe. And like wheat before the scythe, his opponents fell to the ground in his wake. He then spun his staff around and pointed at DeCollin. Go ahead, my friend. There's plenty to go around. DeCollin smiled and thrust his sword into the side of one of the assailants. The body fell off the sword, and DeCollin turned the sword several times in his hands and began to run at Savril. The commander had just disabled two more men, but her back was turned to the oncoming assassin. Down, my lady! shouted DeCollin. Savril instinctively ducked down as DeCollin's sword flew past her head and entered the helmet of the attacking man. Dunn had grabbed another man and signaled at Spring to hit him. Spring, still holding the stick, cracked it down on the struggling man, causing it to shatter in her hand. The body fell down and the pair ran towards DeCollin and Catan, who were now finishing off more attackers. Peterson, standing next to Savril, watched as Catan and DeCollin fought against three men. DeCollin's sword dispatched one of them in two moves, and Catan finished the last two men by snapping his staff in half and slamming an end into each of the attackers' face. As the bodies fell, Catan held his hand out to DeCollin, who was on one knee trying to get his breath back. That year off has taken its toll on you, my friend. Catan yelled with a grin. DeCollin nodded at Catan, then stood as the rhythmic thunder of a rapidly approaching horse echoed across the battlefield. The pair turned in unison to witness the fiercely grinning visage of the chief engineer. 
Karath's proud shock of hair whipped behind him from the speed of his galloping steed's approach. As the Klingon rider drew near, Katan nudged Akalan in the side and smiled. The fate of our foes is now sealed. They're about to face the wrath of a true son of Kronos. Karath leapt from his horse in a single motion, drawing the longsword from his scabbard. His heart raced and his blood boiled at the scene before him. The two security officers were engaged in battle, protecting the commander. Their skills with the blade were impressive. He rushed forward as another assailant rushed from behind a tree. He was wielding a spiked metal ball on the end of a chain attached to a handle. Mace! Karath thought as he identified the weapon. He brought his sword up to block the impending blow, but it was a feign. The spike ball whistled above his head as he spun around on his heels and thrust the sword backwards, impaling the attacker. Kararth turned back towards his crewmates and saw Katan dispatch two men at once with a broken staff. He was impressed. A particularly brawny man's eyes bulged in surprise as his mind quickly lost influence over his body, and then consciousness. The Vulcan released her grip on his neck as he fell, and turned in time to see the last of their horses galloping away with Margon's wagon bouncing wildly behind them. This post is by Moyer777. It was a follow-up to the previous post that I just read. The three suns shone down on Margon as he lounged next to a beautiful stream. He watched as his kid swung on a rope over the deep part and let go. The tall grass tickled his bald head, and he stretched out. Suddenly, the ground shook, and he came off the root he was resting on next to the tree. What the? Again, the ground bumped under him, and he sat straight up, hitting his head on something. He opened his eyes and let out a yelp. He was in the back of his blacksmith wagon, and was being shaken as the contents of the cart were bouncing all around. He hit his head on a large anvil that took up the middle part of the cart. The hammer he had been trying to get during the attack was in his right hand with some blood and hair on it. On the other side of the anvil was a lifeless highwayman. Oh, my head, he said softly. The wagon was being pulled by the oxen at a dead run, something he had never seen before. He poked his head out the front of the wagon to see the company of horses running alongside. He slipped up into the seat and looked for the reins. They were dragging underneath the wagon. Of course, he knew what needed to be done, but wasn't excited about the prospect of crawling down and trying to fish the reins out from underneath these thousand-pound running animals. Computer! He cried out. Stop oxen! Unable to comply, said the computer coldly. Commands only accepted from Captain Quinn or Commander Savril. Great, just great, he mumbled. He only hoped the safety protocols were still in place. Crawling down and trying to balance on the yoke, the wagon hit another large root and shot up into the sky. The counselor sailed through the air and landed headfirst back in the seat he had crawled down from. Ouch! He yelled out. Picking himself back up, he heard a noise and turned to see the highwayman still alive and well. The man had a crudely made longsword that wasn't quite finished, and with one push he knocked the counselor out of the seat and back down onto the oxen. Margon clutched the leather tack, trying to keep from falling underneath the wagon. His enemy peered down from the wooden seat and began to jab the sword towards him. That is quite enough, my friend, said the counselor. The man grunted and proceeded to thrash more wildly. Again, the wagon hit another spot in the road, and the wagon jumped into the air. The man slipped from the seat, hitting his head on the frame, and fell off the side of the wagon. The water barrel smashed him in the side of the head, and the wheel of the wagon did the rest. There was a dull 
thud. Then the man lay dead on the ground as the wagon sped on. Finally, the counselor got one of the reins and managed to get the other. He swung himself back onto the bench and pulled back hard. Whoa there! Whoa there! He shouted with authority. The wagon began to slow and the oxen came to a halt, breathing hard. The counselor let out a piercing whistle by placing his fingers in the side of his mouth. The horses that had been galloping alongside of the wagon turned and ran back to the cart. He gathered his bearings about him and turned the wagon around. I believe our services are needed, my friends, he said, not quite as amused as before. Let's get back to our party. With that, he grabbed a couple of ropes and flung them around the two dominant horses. The rest followed. I will need to talk to the commander and the captain about this lack of holodeck control, he said to his oxen. Yeah, yeah! The beasts began to go forward and the wagon squeaked as the wheels turned. The entire adventure was rather stimulating, and he hadn't been aware of the temperature. It was still snowing, and the counselor was now cold. Warning. Guest reading initiated and engaged. Joint Post by Hawkeye Meds and Wraith1701 Before joining up with their crewmates, the trio decided to take a few minutes to acclimatise themselves to their new environment. The Cullen and Dunn leaned against a nearby tree, drinking in the majestic vista. Catan, loosening himself in the realism of the hollow world, decided to try and break in his battle staff. Computer, generate two opponents for me. Give them dress and weaponry appropriate for this setting. As two armor-clad knights materialized before him, a predatory smile lit Catan's features. With a roar of pure primal joy, he waded into them, his staff spinning wildly about. As the crash of his staff repeatedly striking armor rang out, he lost track of time, grinning madly as the minutes crept by. The tree was amazingly realistic, and for the first twenty minutes, the Callan and Dunn had enjoyed themselves leaning against it, looking at the beautiful English countryside. The only thing was, they had now been there for just over an hour, and the only person enjoying himself was Catan. Is there any chance we can walk at least another five meters away from the archway? asked the Callan. Catan was in full swing, his staff swirling around his head and making crunching noises on several knights' heads. This is sport, and I am in full flow! De Carlin looked down at a now collapsed Dunn, who snored peacefully in the grass. Well, myself and Bellboy here are starting to get, well, how can I say this, bored. Catan, not losing rhythm, looks over his shoulder at De Carlin in slight bemusement. Bored? How could you be bored? This is the way of the warrior! Another knight failed to join a pile of several others, all dressed in exactly the same clothing. The Cullen kicked on to get up. Is this the way of the warrior to have attackers on repeat mode? And on difficulty level one? Now the only difference between that mighty warrior and the other ten, well, no, twelve, is that they all have slightly different broken backs or necks. Catan stopped for a second, looked at the Cullen and done. One more! Catan spun round, spinning his staff above his head and the arched back to do a flip, before throwing his staff out to connect with a knight's spine. A loud crack shot through the air, and Dunn winced. Joseph looked at Dunn and smiled. Oh, you want to see him when they've run out of blood wine. Catan held his staff out and pointed at the two awaiting men. Joseph was now pointing at an imaginary watch. Well, you have kept me here long enough. I think it's best we left, don't you? Catan walked past the Callan and Dunn with a slight smile on his face. A few seconds later, they followed him to search for the captain. Here are today's final thoughts. A 
Okay, Jen, so we're at the final thought stages. Do you have any? Yes. Um, I wanted to let everyone know who listens to The Ready Room that um, we are working on an audio drama, a full-length audio drama of Season 5, which was our um, virus plot. And that was one of our best seasons, and um, everyone had so much fun writing it, I thought it would translate well into an audio drama. And we've been working with several of our forum members and also some actors outside um, the Trek realm, <laughs> some normal people <laughs> who are um, doing the voiceovers for some of these characters. And there are still some parts that are left without actors. So if you're interested in playing a role and you have good recording equipment, which, you know, if you have a headset and you can connect it to Audacity and, and um, you have a relatively quiet environment and you, there's not a lot of popping going on when you talk, that's good enough for me. But I'd like to hear some, like, um, I don't know. Like a sample. A sample, yes. So find yeah. find something on the forum where there's a part or a section that you, you can read and send it to me and let me hear it. I'd love to have some other characters fill some roles. We have, let's see, a Lieutenant Stass, who's a um, female um, security officer. She's kind of a um, party girl and um, very tough character. We have some um, various science officers and generic nurses and uh, med techs in, in the story that don't have people playing them yet. And anyway, I'm just trying to get some variety because we have several people who are playing a couple of parts who could do voices and accents, and that helps a lot. But I don't want to duplicate voices a lot, you know, because after a while you'll start recognizing who people are. And I, I don't want to kind of bring up the, the pro production quality so that it's mm -hmm. just as good as a darker projects, you know, um, presentation or, or mm -hmm. um, pendant audio because they both do Star Trek audio dramas. And I, it won't be on par with them, but I want to get it as close as possible. And yeah. um, I'd like to do this more often in the future, too, just as, you know, some fun little thing to throw up in um, parts, you know, in sections for the ready room. So if you're, yeah. if you're interested, yeah. like I said, send me an um, audio sample, read something from the forum. And send them to us. Yep. And you can send it to either Jen or myself, uh, our emails on the forum in our character profile, in our, yeah. Our, no, our, uh, our uh, forum member profile. Thank you. Mm -hmm. and, or you can send it to the ready room podcast at gmail.com. Yes. We also want to talk about getting more participation from you guys for character portraits. Um, Jen, um, if you haven't seen, she's done a wonderful job at uh, creating Nathan Quinn. Uh, creating Commander Servril and also um, jo DeCollin. Joseph DeCollin. Joseph DeCollin. And I'm working on um, one for, for Rico for um, uh, his Lieutenant Zrem, and, and, yeah. and there's a whole list of other people I'm doing, but I'd like some people, if you have an artistic ability and you want to paint scenes, because that's what I'd like to see, is like mm. pick a scene from the RPG and paint it or draw it or whatever. And, or the ship. Or the ship. Yes, if you're yeah. if you're a 3D artist, you have a program you could render uh, 3D illustrations. We'd love to see some portraits of the Arabella, which is a Voyager yeah. is a Voyager class. Yeah, it's an it's an intrepid class. An intrepid class ship looks like Voyager with some yeah. modifications. There's a whole section on the forum about the Arabella. If you have an ability to do that, we'd love to see stuff like that. There's a section yeah. on the in the RPG section 
uh, called character portraits where you can post those. So yeah. So yeah. So uh, also we're still requesting audio bites, as you heard from uh, last week's the ready room. We had Katrine from Germany. Mm-hmm. It was wonderful, and um, she was our first one, first and only one, but we hope to have many more. So uh, if you have the capability of recording, then uh, drop us a line. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear. Um, Tell us if you, you know. read the story so far. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even if you don't participate, do you read the story so far, mm-hmm. Do you, or do you just enjoy the ready room? Um, you know, just let us know. We'd like to hear – more comments from our listeners. So we're just trying to become more interactive with the listeners. Yeah, and we're really curious, too. Um, we love having people listening to our show, but we always – I always thought it would be boring if you didn't have a context for it. You know, if you didn't <laughs> – if you weren't following the story or if you weren't a forum member, that people just wouldn't listen because it wouldn't be interesting otherwise. But if you're listening to us and you've never read our RPG or know anything about the forum – um, we invite you to come to the forum and check that stuff out and, and tell us why you're listening to us. Otherwise, what is it about our show that you like? Because we're curious. It's it's very yeah. it's very cool. We're glad you're listening. But I'm very curious to know um, <laughs> what it is about it that you like. Is it is it our audio, you know, our readings? Do you like hearing the stories about our characters? And, you know, I'm very curious to know. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And you can uh, reach the RPG uh, section by going to www.trexandsci-fi.com and click on the forums link and you know there's a whole section for the RPG there mm-hmm. and and we also um, would love it if you would um, if you're just reading the story or just following um, the characters in the ready room that we talk we talk to or, or we talk about um, post in the out of character section and let you know in the comments and compliments or in the RPG um, um, section or we yeah. There's a section called the ready room. We'd love to hear yeah. have your comments there if you are a member of the forum, but not necessarily a member of the RPG. You're welcome yeah. to post there. Definitely. So I guess that's it for final thoughts. This is Kenny. And this is Jen. Hailing frequencies closed. The ready room theme and other RPG music was composed by Rick Moyer. All other music was obtained through the Podsafe Music Network. Read more about the adventures of the USS Arabella at trexandsci-fi.com. <laughs>